RTHK News. It's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, all but one of the people who signed up to run in December's LegCo elections are cleared to stand. The police arrest a bus driver after a fatal accident involving a KMB double-decker. A respiratory medicine expert urges the government to let everyone who's had Biontech COVID jabs get a booster as soon as possible. And President Joe Biden says he's considering a US diplomatic boycott of the 2022 Winter Olympics. All but one of the people who've signed up to run in December's LegCo elections have been cleared to stand after a vetting body deemed them to be patriots. The Candidate Eligibility Review Committee screened 154 LegCo hopefuls and disqualified Lao Tzu Chun, who hoped to run in the functional constituency race for the medical and health services sector seat. He was disqualified because he works part-time in a government department. Asked why a candidate who posted the Liberate Hong Kong slogan online in 2019 wasn't disqualified, Chief Secretary John Lee said the body had looked at each case in a comprehensive manner. Mr Lee was also asked about the government's expected voter turnout. There are people in Hong Kong who, because of their political stance, indicated opinions against the election system. A few of them have even taken unlawful action to advocate people not to vote, cast invalid votes. We will deal with it without a doubt. What is important is the election system after improvements will be producing candidates who will be broadly representative of society and there will be balanced participation. And the improved election systems will prevent previous chaos. The police say they've arrested a 58-year-old bus driver after a passenger died when a KMB bus flipped over onto its side in Taiwan last night. Eleven passengers were injured in the accident near the junction of Taipo Road and Chingsa Highway, two of whom are said to be in serious condition. A 38-year-old man was declared dead at the scene. He suffered severe head injuries. Superintendent Lan Chun said it appears the driver had found himself in the wrong lane before the accident happened at 11pm. When the bus reached the scene of the accident, we suspect that the bus driver went the wrong way and drove onto the road divider in the middle of the road, which flipped it onto its left side. We have arrested the driver on suspicion of dangerous driving causing death. The government says it's revised a housing plan on a site it's taking back from the Hong Kong Golf Club in Fan Ling, drastically increasing the number of units to be constructed while using all of them for public housing. Officials announced in 2019 that 4,600 units would be built on the 32-hectare site east of Fan Cam Road, with 70% of the flats earmarked for public housing. But the Secretary for Development, Michael Wong, told RTHK the number of flats to be built will more than double to over 10,000 because of the acute public housing shortage. Respiratory medicine expert Leung Chi Chu has called on the government to let everyone who's had Biontech COVID jabs get a booster as soon as possible, saying it doesn't make sense to only provide boosters for those who've had Sinovac. He made the comment on an RTHK programme after the government said everyone who's been inoculated with the second Sinovac shot for six months or more can book a booster shot. Dr Leung also warned that a slow take-up rate for booster shots may delay the city's plans to reopen its borders to the rest of the world. US President Joe Biden has said he's considering a US diplomatic boycott of the 2022 Winter Olympic Games due to be held in Beijing. His comment comes days after holding a video summit with President Xi Jinping, the first direct talks between the two leaders. Vicky Wong has more. 
Reporters asked Joe Biden about a possible diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Games ahead of talks with the leaders of Mexico and Canada. So do you support a diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Olympics? Something we're considering. A diplomatic boycott would mean that no U.S. officials are sent to attend the Games. President Xi Jinping had just held his first direct talks with Mr. Biden earlier this week. At the White House, White House spokeswoman Jen Psaki said that the U.S. and China leaders did not discuss the Olympics during their three-hour virtual meeting on Monday. Both Democratic and Republican lawmakers have called for a diplomatic boycott as a means to protest against alleged Chinese human rights abuses. Meanwhile, President Biden has met the Mexican and Canadian leaders for the first North American summit in five years, at which they agreed to work together on immigration, trade, climate change and tackling the coronavirus pandemic. A Mexican spokesman said the leaders had agreed to tackle the root causes of migration and invest in the region. Mr Biden had been expected to press the Mexican president, Andres Manuel López Obrador, to, to curb the record number of Central American migrants arriving at the US-Mexico border, as the BBC's Anthony Zerker explains. The Remain in Mexico policy that Donald Trump instituted, keeping asylum seekers on the Mexican side of the border, that was suspended by Joe Biden, but then has been tried to be reinstated by the courts, is a subject of negotiations. And then, of course, any talk about migration also is going to be offset by American concerns on the environment. The United States wants to push Mexico to cut back on coal use, something that Lobrador has been very enthusiastic about, and also trim methane production. But they can't push too hard on the climate because of all these migration concerns. A U.S. state governor has commuted the death sentence of a black man who had always denied committing murder. Julius Jones was sentenced to death for the murder of a white insurance executive, Paul Howell, during a carjacking in 1999. Hours before Jones was due to be executed by lethal injection, the Republican governor of Oklahoma, Kevin Stitt, commuted his sentence to life in prison. Civil rights campaigner Todd Yeary welcomed the decision, but said there was still more to do. The, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. That bending takes a bit of effort. We're grateful for uh, the governor's effort. But we also recognize that there's still some issues with the conviction itself. And so there's still more work to do, even as we have spared Julius's life. Three defendants on trial in the United States for the murder of an African-American man, Ahmad Arbery, in Georgia last year, have rested their case and final arguments will be heard on Monday. One defendant, Travis McMichael, acknowledged in court that Mr Arbery had not threatened them or shown a weapon before he was shot dead. Protesters have gathered outside the courthouse. Here's the BBC's Aleem McBool. Ahmad was a 25-year-old African-American who was jogging close to his home when those three men decided he looked like a burglary suspect. They got in their cars, they chased him, and they shot and killed him. And during the trial, one of the defense lawyers said they objected to the presence of a high-profile member of the African-American community inside the courthouse, calling that intimidating and somehow putting pressure on the jury. And that's when the call went out for these members of the clergy to come and attend a protest here in a case that many are referring to as a modern-day lynching. Ireland's Prime Minister has sought to defuse the diplomatic row between Britain and the EU over post-Brexit trading arrangements for Northern Ireland. In an interview with the BBC, Micheál Martin said goodwill was needed on both sides. The sets of relationship between Britain and Ireland, Northern Ireland 
and it's never going to be perfect, uh, but it's important that we don't allow perfect to become the enemy to good. I'm glad to say that uh, the uh, mood music has changed. The European Union sincerely wants to engage and get a resolution of this. Of that, I have no doubt. Mr Martin challenged Britain's repeated claim that the rules are too onerous, saying any difficulties could be dissolved with goodwill. Britain, however, believes there are still significant gaps between the sides. The Polish authorities say Belarus has cleared a migrant camp on the border that had been fueling tensions between Minsk and the EU. More than a 1,000 people trying to reach the EU, mostly from the Middle East, have been moved from the makeshift camp to a nearby warehouse. This Iraqi Kurd migrant in Belarus explained the struggle people like him are facing when they try to enter the European Union. When we go to the border in Tokari, they catch us, Belarusian soldiers, they catch us and they beat us up badly. We went back to Minsk again. Then again, we came back to Brest. Then we go another location. And when I went there, there was a tank right on the border. And I went back without they catch me, without they see me. Police in southern Brazil have arrested a gang that slaughtered stolen horses and sold the meat to restaurants as beef. Intercepted phone conversations show they also used rotten meat to produce burgers and steaks. Details from the BBC's Leonardo Rocha. Police say the clandestine abattoirs had appalling hygiene standards and provided as much as 800 kilos of horse meat to local businesses every week. Investigators believe that many of the horses were sold to the criminals by carriage drivers in rural areas who stole the animals from one another. The gang operated in the state of Rio Grande do Sul on the border with Uruguay and Argentina. The region is proud of the quality of its beef and doesn't have a culture of eating horse meat. Official estimates in Brazil indicate the rate of deforestation in the Amazon region has risen by more than one-fifth in a year. The satellite data covers the 12-month period up to August. It shows the rate of destruction of the world's largest tropical rainforest has reached its highest level since 2006. At the Climate Summit in Scotland this month, Mr Bolsonaro promised to address the illegal logging and mining that increases deforestation. However, he also declared he intends to reduce red tape to encourage new agriculture, logging and mining projects in protected areas. Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida says Japan plans to inject a record 56 trillion yen, or about 490 billion US dollars, into the world's third largest economy. He said the fresh stimulus, which is expected to be approved by the cabinet later today, was enough to deliver a sense of safety and hope to the Japanese people. The massive spending would underscore the resolve of Mr Kishida, once considered a fiscal conservative, to focus on reflating the economy and redistributing wealth to households. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,865. That's 446 points, 446 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $76 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 114.33 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 13 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 50 cents. Hong Kong stocks have tumbled after Alibaba announced a huge plunge in quarterly profits and lowered its revenue outlook. To sports now, and we start with baseball. Shohei Otani has been unanimously voted Major League Baseball's most valuable player in the American League, following a two-way season not seen since Babe Ruth. Otani received all 30 first-place votes. He cracked 46 home runs as a hitter for the Los Angeles Angels 
and won nine games as a pitcher, striking out 156 over 130 innings. Otani is the second Japanese MVP winner after Seattle's Ichiro Suzuki in 2001. Bryce Harper won the National League MVP after receiving just over half of the first-place votes. The outfielder batted 3-0-9 with 35 homers for the Philadelphia Phillies. Next to football, Paris Saint-Germain have qualified for the knockout stages of the Women's Champions League, while Chelsea have gone top of their group. More details from the BBC's Andy Barwell. In Group A, Chelsea boosted their hopes of reaching the knockout stage with a 1-0 victory through a Sam Kerr goal over the Swiss side Servette. Chelsea atop of the table on 10 points, three clear of Juventus, who early defeated Wolfsburg 2-0. In Group B, Paris Saint-Germain's women reached the last eight with two games to spare. They maintained their perfect record, now four wins out of four after a 2-0 success at second place Real Madrid. To the English Premier League, where new Aston Villa boss Steven Gerrard says it's very unfair to call the club a stepping stone towards his dream of one day managing Liverpool. The former England and Liverpool star was speaking at his first press conference since leaving Rangers to replace Dean Smith at Villa Park. Gerrard makes his Villa debut tomorrow in a Premier League game at home to Brighton. You'll never hear me saying it's a stepping stone. For me, I'm really honoured and proud to be in this position. As I say, I'm all in. I'll give this job everything that it needs for it to be a success. I'll be 100% committed. I'm more so on my staff. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong in football to have dreams and aspirations. But as I say, Liverpool have got a world-class coach that they're very happy with. If he was to sign a lifetime deal right now, I'd be very happy for them and him. Leicester City manager Brendan Rodgers says he's fully committed to his club following speculation linking him with Manchester United. Rodgers is rumoured to be United's number one target should Ole Gunnar Solskjaer be sacked. Firstly, it's really disrespectful for you to ask the question when you have a manager in place, a good manager and a good man who's working at the club. And secondly, I can't really comment on it because it's something that's not real. To cricket, Tim Payne has quit as Australian Test cricket captain over an explicit private text exchange with a female colleague. The announcement comes just weeks before the Ashes series begins against arch-rivals England. While he is stepping down as captain, he insisted that he still plans to play in the upcoming series against England. The Tasmanian batsman wicketkeeper took over the Test captaincy in 2018 in the wake of the Sandpaper Gate ball tampering scandal that rocked Australian cricket. Time for a quick look at the weather. Mainly fine this afternoon with cloudy periods tonight and moderate east to northeasterly winds. The outlook warm over the weekend. Currently, the observatory 25 degrees Celsius, humidity 73%. News and weather, RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Sadia Osmani. Yes, I'm sitting in for Noreen today and Monday, actually. So there you go. Something to look forward to. Can't believe it's Friday. It is just, it is amazing, isn't it? How fast the week goes. Is it just me or is everyone thinking that? I don't know. Well, I thought it'd be nice today to wind down on the show a little bit and look forward to the weekend. Just after 1.30, we hear from the Chicken Soup Foundation, one of the projects that Operation Santa will be raising money for this year. After 2 p.m., if you're looking for something to do this weekend, I will be checking out a few things that you can pop in your diary, which I thought looked very interesting. And I've got some great music for you. So make sure you stay tuned and stay with me right through to 3 o'clock. <laughs> 